For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let's get this crowd going now. Come on, get him up, get him up, get him up! It's a snap. He's going to throw down the middle. The ball is caught! Hey, that's great football now! 35-40, down the far sideline. We got a fly, baby. He's still moving. He's going to go. Go on. Are you kidding me? Let's go! 20, 10, touchdown! Seahawks! It's the Seahawks podcast. I'm Seahawks superfan Brett Davern. Joining me, as always, my co-host, my main man, Lofa Tatupu. You ready to do the show? Absolutely. Let's do All this. All right. On this episode, we talk a little Quentin Dunbar, possibly some Michael Jordan documentary, and will the Seahawks actually trade Russell Wilson eventually, as has been floated out there? Uh, we'll find out. Thank you so much for joining us. Hit the subscribe button on whichever podcast app you're listening on. It really helps us grow the show. Lofa, this Michael Jordan documentary has been taking the world by storm. It's the new Tiger King, but it's, uh, you know, <laughs> not Tiger King. Say, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, actually, I actually haven't watched any of it, and I know that's shocking because I do love sports. Um and a huge Michael Jordan fan, like everybody else. Well, you could go back and watch it. It's it's on Hulu or you know I don't on demand on ESPN Plus or whatever wherever you can find it. Um, it's really good. Do you remember the first time that you became aware of Michael Jordan? Oh, that's a good question. I wonder because I mean, I wonder if it was that I got his shoes before I actually realized who he was. Uh-huh. Um, my first pair of Jordans were the, I think they were the fives. The five, yeah. five and sixes, I believe, look pretty similar. They're either yeah. five or six, and uh, man, I love those shoes. I mean, everybody knew who who he was. You know, he was the king of the world at that time, man. Uh, winning championships and yeah, I was in. I remember I was maybe seven or eight years old, something like that, and I was over at a friend's house playing. My my buddy had an older brother, and I remember the older brother and his buddies were down in the basement watching a basketball game and my friend and myself were in the room or passing through or whatever and the kid's older brother was like you guys gotta watch this this guy's air jordan you gotta you gotta check this out he's amazing and it was just like a random i don't even know if it was the playoffs or what but they definitely weren't playing the sonics and it was one of the first so it's two first times for me it was watching Michael Jordan for the first time, but also being interested in a game that didn't involve my teams. Early 90s, something Early 90s. like that. It was during the first run with the Bulls. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I despised Michael Jordan uh, when he beat the Sonics in the finals, hmm. you know, in what it was yeah. in 96 or whatever. So some tough memories there yeah, for me with the, him. But the Celtics now we've come didn't full have circle. much problem, you know, with uh, Air Jordan. <laughs> oh, what I are you trying to say much. about my Sonics? What are you, what are you I, trying to say? I, I'm just saying, you know, Larry Legend and the boys didn't have too much of a problem with uh, Air Jordan. But uh, mm. no, I if okay, if I really take it back, um, 
I would say seven years old. So what is it? 89, 90. Um, yeah. I traded, I was huge into trading cards. Uh huh. I traded a Joe Montana rookie card. Uh, 80 was it? I think it was like either 80 tops or 81 tops. And then two art monk rookie cards, art monk, famous receiver for the, uh, the skins. Sure. For one Michael Jordan, 85 Fleer, uh, rookie card. And, wow. You know, yeah. Everybody was like, oh man, you, you know, you got fleeced. They, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the older kid just took advantage of you, you know, you, uh, Joe Montana is going to be the greatest quarterback that ever played this. Uh-huh. And I just remember, I, oh, yeah, but this guy, I don't know. This guy, I keep hearing a lot about him. And so it was the first grade. It was the first or second grade. I was like, I just, he's everywhere. I got, I got, a, got, the guy's got his own shoe, you know? So th- I turned out winning, you know, in the end with that one, even though Montana, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks. Do you still have that card? Yes, I do. I will take wow. a picture. I have it around here somewhere because that's like one keepsake that I go wherever I, if I move or whatever, it's gone with me everywhere. Oh, we were always watching sports in the house. So you know, the Bulls games. And I just remember watching a couple games um, and just, it was like the guy couldn't miss. Well, I don't know if you've seen this thing on, on Twitter or not, but uh, Channing Fry, who is a current player, right? Does he, he <laughs> still plays for the Cavaliers, right? Or um, I'm not sure if Channing's still He's a veteran. Plays, but yeah, yeah, he's a well-known player. Yeah. Well, he's quoted this last week as when talking about Michael Jordan, uh, Channing Fry says he only had, really one job and that was to score and he did that at an amazing amazing rate but i don't feel like his way of winning then would translate to what it is now guys wouldn't want to play with him so the jordan documentary has all this behind the scenes footage of practices and on the team bus and all kinds of stuff and jordan is just he's so demanding of his other players and he's yelling at his teammates and he's you know like uh, like down on them when they're lazy or whatever. Like he's just the alpha male, you oh, know, being a leader? constantly no. <laughs> on top of everybody. Yeah. He's being a very, 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 very strong leader who will get on you if you're late to practice or whatever. And it just seems like Channing Fry here is saying like, like he, he would be too hard on us. Now we wouldn't want to play with him. Like it's, I don't know. That quote from Channing seems weak to me. I don't know. It's, I don't I like mean, it. Uh, did you ever play with a player that was just super demand, super demanding? Um, yeah, there were sure se- several players that were super demand. I, I actually, you know, if you can't, one certainly doesn't particularly stand out. So that means you were probably that guy. So yeah, <laughs> thanks, thanks for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was it you? Were you the Michael Jordan? Turn into a therapy session. Awesome. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, I, I mean, maybe that was me. I don't know. Um, I. And I, I did take issue, you know, with anybody that didn't love, you know, the game of football and love, you know, the guys that they were playing with. Um, uh-huh. I, I definitely took issue with that. I didn't – there wasn't many problems in the locker room in terms of guys having to carry themselves as professionals. And I think that, you know, luckily from an organization and a management standpoint with Holmgren and, and Pete – Guys were just in line. So, like, we didn't have a lot of the issues that, you know, I, I guess other teams have or, or people, like, not excited to show up to work. Uh, right. But, but yeah, I I mean, if, if you don't love football, we had problems. We, yeah. we definitely had problems. And, uh, I, I mean, you know, if that's what – because I haven't seen, you know, the docs, you know, documentary, so it's not really fair for me to, like, speak on something that I haven't seen. But, you know, 
I, I don't care. I would love to win six championships. I don't care if Mike made me cut his grass and clean his house and demanded that out of me. I want to, I want six rings. So, yeah. you yeah. know, I, I yeah. don't care, you know, what the demands were. It couldn't be that bad. I'm sure. Were, were any of his teammates interviewed for this? Like Steve oh, Kerr? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, know. they're all in there. Nobody really, I mean, people say, like Scotty Pippen or Steve Kerr or any of the other players, John Paxson, mm-hmm. um, uh, 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 Tony Kukoc, any of the other players that have been interviewed in the documentary, they just tell stories of Jordan being really hard on them and and how much of a yeah, kind of a dick he could be sometimes. <laughs> but then, like, you know, getting in fist fights with Steve Kerr at practice and stuff like that. But then at the end of telling a story about how demanding he is, they always go, but we uh, we won all the time. So, it's, <laughs> so. is it was is it unorthodox? Is it different? It, it is. But guess what? And you know, not just him, but you know, Phil. You know, probably mm-hmm. had a hand in, in you know in the way you know yeah. of handling things or not or letting Mike you know do what Mike does and and I mean, um, well, aren't know, most all- sports figures who are successful aren't most of them tough or at least have that that reputation like a Vince Lombardi or you know he wasn't gonna just take it easy on you at practice and they were winning championships that's how it goes it's pretty much every every sports figure of all time is that way well you got everyone's got their own perspective and personality that plays into it um you know and that it just comes through that's that competitive nature and you know Mm -hmm. was he right all the time no but did it get results that 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 everybody wanted? Yes. So, yeah. I mean, you can't tell me it didn't work. I, right. I won't buy that. People don't want to play with him. Yeah. I mean, I maybe he's too tough, you know, to play with for some guys. But sh- shit, sign me up, man. I'm trying to win. Yeah. Trying to win six rings. Yeah, you can't argue with the results. Do you think that uh, NBA players are different than football players, though, in their mentality? If you're competitive, you're competitive. I mean, I look at a guy like you know uh, Westbrook. I mean, that guy, it's like he's ready for a fight every night he takes the court. And that's the mentality, you know, that it takes. Well, but he's kind of bounced around a little bit lately. So is that personality maybe a bit abrasive for these young millennial, you know, kids who can't take it? We got, hey, we <laughs> Get off my lawn! <laughs> te- technically, um, when the, I think it got restructured, it's no longer like... Um, 83 and up it's like 80 and up so we're we're technically millennials are you calling me a millennial oh no you are a millennial (laughs) i think are you are we the same age we are right yeah 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 yeah. we're millennials so we gotta go easy on our our peers oh Uh, man i don't like my generation i don't know i want out but but times have changed right so a lot of this stuff didn't get out back then um because there was no social media there was yeah. no Twitter, no Instagram, no no Facebook, no way for these stories to really just get out like next day within 24 hours, be breaking news. So, well, but I think also if they did in the day, if if a story got out about how demanding Michael Jordan was of Steve Kerr in practice, I feel like in 1995, if that headline came out, the, the reaction from the public would be, well... Yeah, no duh. That sounds <laughs> yeah. good. Let's go win a championship. I don't think the reaction would be, "Wow, he sounds like a mean guy." You know? Yeah, no, it's the truth because at different times, man. I mean, yeah, I, Gary Payton had to be 
you know, that dude for, oh, sure. for, the, for the Sonics, you know? Yeah. Um, the bad boys up in Detroit, man. Sure. They had a team full of, I'm sure they would have had no problem playing with with Michael. Let's let's talk about some modern times. Uh, a lot of news going on with our Seahawks, Lofa. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically with players who played or currently play in the secondary. You got the Earl Thomas story, and you got the Quentin Dunbar story. Which one's weirder, and which one do you want to talk about first? And we'll get Lofa's answer to which news story is weirder right after I tell you guys about betonline.ag. While we are waiting this out at home, you can still have some fun by betting with our partner, betonline.ag. These guys have been a great sponsor for a really long time. They're supporting us. We hope you go support them. I know that there's no NBA, no NHL, no MLB, but don't worry. Bet Online still has hundreds of games and events that you can wager on. NASCAR is back, so you can bet on that. There's also Madden and NBA 2K simulations that you can bet on, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's so exciting. <laughs> and when you've got money riding on it, I mean, anything's exciting right there's also the ufc there's online casino and poker including blackjack at betonline.ag so head over there and do your wagering use our promo code mypod100 to receive your welcome bonus today that's betonline.ag promo code m-y-p-o-d-1-0-0 all right lofa is gonna tell you if the earl thomas story is weirder than the Quentin Dunbar story. Let's get back to it. Angie's List is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Oh, yeah. Personally, I don't want to talk about either of them. Uh, But yeah, (laughs) you're going to address them. Uh, Which one's weirder? uh, Well, I mean, I don't even, I haven't read any reports or anything like that. Um, So... I, I don't know really what is going on. and Well, just, listen, it might be uncomfortable and I might edit it out later, but uh, it's our job here. So the Earl Thomas thing, it's been reported by TMZ that he was found at an Airbnb with a bunch of ladies who weren't his wife and and his brother. Uh, and, and he and his brother were found in bed together with a lady. <laughs> So that's the Earl Thomas story. And then and then his well, and then Earl's wife had a gun and it's it's craziness. And then the Quentin Dunbar thing is that he was at a party and some stuff went down and he ends up getting charged with four counts of armed robbery along with a cornerback from the Giants who is a friend of his as well, also charged. Um but what's crazy about the Quentin Dunbar thing is he had just done his introductory press conference to all the journalists who cover the Seahawks. And he did that the day after this party happened. And he was just, it was like nothing happened. He didn't make any mention of anything. And then later that day, he gets arrested and charged with four counts of armed robbery. And now he's out on bail. And there's apparently 
video and stuff that shows that he wasn't involved, but the whole thing's just a drama being played well, I mean, out. maybe maybe he had nothing to worry about then. I mean, if it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the way it went down, and uh, yeah. if there's video to support that he you know had no involvement. Hopefully. Um, yeah. I, yeah, again, yeah, I don't know the facts, and I can't speak on something that I don't know about, you know. That's that's actually largely why I've always kind of steered clear of media or doing media is because, you know, they, they'll have something go out like that. And then let's say he's completely exonerated. No, no charges, no nothing. Right. The retraction is going to be on the back page of the newspaper in tiny yeah. print. There's not a lot of there's no sports going on. So if they want to talk about a sports star, they're going. But it's not you know, I don't I don't know what happened. And then and then with Earl. That's my guy. I, you know, I'm not about to pass judgment or anything. I just, I hope, I wish him the best and and his family. Um, yeah. You know, he is family to me. Um, love that little dude, and I just, you know, I hope all is well with them, and and you know, they they find their way through this. Um, but that's you know, personal life. That's something, you know, you you don't, you definitely don't discuss in the locker room. Um, you know, and you don't ever cast judgment ever. So right. I have that's that's the the farthest I'll go on saying that is that I hope he's okay. Quentin Dunbar's lawyer tweeted this will probably be a few days ago by the time the podcast comes out, but his lawyer tweeted this morning, uh, pleased to report that our client Quentin Dunbar was released from Broward County Jail this evening. Looking forward to clearing his name. So his lawyer seems pretty confident that they can clear this thing up. And like I said, hopefully they do. Uh, Quentin himself took to Instagram and released the following statement. I would like to thank all of my fans for their support and apologize to the Seattle Seahawks organization for any unnecessary distractions that these allegations against me may have caused. In addition, I'm very grateful to be a part of a team that supports one another and uh, upholds the credibility of each of its members through adverse situations. Moving forward, this entire situation has taught me how to not associate myself with environments uh, that may mischaracterize my values and who I am. So I think it's it's kind of sounds like Quentin saying wrong place, wrong time, and I've learned my lesson, and hopefully we can clear this thing up and play some football. And of course, I think we both hope that's what happens. Innocent until proven guilty. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, how, that's how it used to be. So we'll see what happens. Um, well, let's you know. let's talk about it from a X's and O's kind of standpoint, because if Dunbar is in more trouble than we think he is here and that his lawyer thinks he is here and if he has to be released and blah, blah, blah. I mean, we were talking about a few weeks ago, this being Legion of Boom 2.0 with him being added and you got Griffin on the other side and then Diggs and McDougald as the safeties. But you take Quentin Dunbar out of that mix, they're either going to have to go out and sign another veteran possibly, or have one of these young guys really step up. But so far in years previous, they kind of haven't really yet. And so I think we were all looking for Dunbar to be that missing piece. But if he's not able to go, what happens then? Next man up is, is, has been the philosophy for years. So, um, you know, that the Hawks will be fine and make do, um, you know, you just, you hope Quinn's all right, man. Um, because this is, we're talking about life. You know, I know a lot of people, they they get these stories and you know they make light of it and you know oh you know how could you be so dumb I mean like I said man you know stuff happens life happens and you just hope that the young man is all right first and foremost um, now when it comes to the Hawks they they've always you know made the right decision in um, and if if they have to bring in another veteran um, because you know largely I think that's they they went for experience in terms of you know playing the position and um, you know with Quentin so. 
it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but he's definitely, you know, a big piece to that that that, that secondary. And uh, you know, hopefully everything, you know, goes uh, goes well for him, and and he's able to still be be back there. Now, what did you think when you saw this quote about the Seahawks shopping Russell Wilson around, and apparently they had sort of a not even not an official offer, but they sort of had a conversation with Cleveland, I guess, back in the day to trade Russell to Cleveland. Um, but obviously it didn't happen. But then in talking about that, there's this quote out there that Russell Wilson could still be traded eventually was the word. Eventually. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? That was leaked by an NFC West team. Had to. Had to be. <laughs> to try to to try to break up the dynasty out here. I huh. I just I don't know. I don't see you know and what what was the it was what 2017 or 16 they were talking about it? Yeah. There's conversations and all sorts of things like that that happen, you know, around um every player's career, but you know, is it relevant? I I don't see, you know, how bringing it up now, you know, really speaks to anything that unless that's, you know, still on the table, you know, something to be talked about, you know, and I, I don't see Russell going anywhere. How many, I mean, he just signed what a year or two ago. Yeah. 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 And there's no signs of, uh, you know, skills diminishing. So until something like that starts to happen and you start to see a deep, you know, uh, descent or decline in abilities, he's not going anywhere. I mean, yeah, I think it would be like, it it would it would be kind of like what happened with Drew Brees earlier in his career. You know, he's playing with the Chargers, and mm. then he got hurt, and they end up trading him away, which seemed like the right move at the time. But then, you know, Chargers fans have to watch him with the Saints for all those years, and I feel like any trade of Russell Wilson, unless it's you know, unless it's when he's forty three years old, uh, I think it would be that. It's like they would trade him away, but then he's so fit and he takes such good care of his body. We'd have to watch him winning for some other team for like yeah. 10 years. And it would be like, oh man, we thought he was on his last legs, but he's just, he's Superman. No, that's the truth. You know, you, you better get him into the AFC, you know, that way if you do have <laughs> yeah. to face him, it's every five or six years on a schedule, you know, but, or, or in the, in the Super Bowl. Um, and even then he's going to make you pay. Twitter is kind of, um, what do you call it? Like, what I don't know what the term would be. Twitter is needling Russell Wilson a little bit during this time. Really? It's yeah, it's kind of bugging me. Like, there's a lot of tweets going out there about how he's never gotten a single MVP vote. At, but when they tweet it, they tweet all these other players who have who are clearly not as good as Russell Wilson. It's like Twitter is just kind of uh, right, poking well, him a little bit. And like, I hope they're just you no, know they, waking you gotta, the dragon. You got to bring that to light, though. I mean, and we even need, did we talk about that already? Because I mean, that's that is outrageous. Um, not <laughs> yeah. one, not one vote, not one. Single He's never vote. gotten one single MVP vote, and Bobby Wagner has gotten one in the same amount of time that Russell and Bobby have been playing together. Um, and it just seems like Twitter is kind of after Russell Wilson a little bit. Like they're just kind of like Man. poking him, and I, I, I think it's a good thing. Hopefully they're just poking I, the bear and he has I a did, crazy season. I did like one of these podcasts the other day and we were, they were saying that too. And uh, so we, we were starting to drum up the, ha the hashtag. Why not Russ? You know, he likes to, <laughs> yeah. he likes to say, why not us? 
Right. Why not yeah. Russ for MVP? Um, I like that. Even that that 15 season, that was my first year coaching. Um, he went on a ridiculous, like, I think it was after like the fifth week, and where he threw like 30 touchdown passes to like one interception or two interceptions. It was right. insane. Uh, yeah, for some look, reason, he's just the out. Rodney Dangerfield of the NFL. He gets no respect. Uh, <laughs> he gets respect. But yeah. in terms of the MVP race, I mean, I can't believe not one vote. Like, that's that's absurd. Um, yeah, I feel like he gets respect from players in the league because they oh, yeah. see what he's doing for sure. He gets respect from former players and from you know, people who really know the game and study it and watch it. But just from a from an outside fan perspective, if you're not a fan of the Seahawks, there's a little bit of disrespect for Russell Wilson, I think. And I don't, I'm not going to stand for it anymore. It's, it, it's going to happen. I mean, watch it happen this year. You know, just like you're saying, you know, don't wake the beast. <laughs> Do you think there's something to be said for, because fans talk about all the time when there's, especially if there's like some drama around the team, especially if it's off the field, fans and Radio hosts will ask, well, but yeah, but will this make the team circle the wagons and become stronger as a unit because of this outside drama? Is there anything to that at all? Mm, I, I don't think so. Uh, you know, I, you're, you're either a competitive team by nature or you're not. <laughs> um, just like winning's a habit, losing's a habit. And so, um, you know, I don't think any, any team finds themselves through maybe there's something to be said about like a team that goes through something together in terms of like the NFL comes down on them, you know, for whatever reason. But, you know, other than that, you know, then there's maybe a us versus the world mentality, but um, other than that, no, I don't, I don't see, I don't really see any comparison or, or like, yeah, let's do it now. (laughs) If you, if you, if that's, that's what it takes for you to get going, I don't want you on my team. For real. I mean, it's just like, yeah, we got a job to do. We're going to do it regardless. Like, yeah, it's not, I didn't need external motivation to, to show up and, and tackle this guy today. Uh, yeah. It's there's just kind of what I do. It's funny because as a fan, like, I like to think that uh, there's all those kinds of things. It's kind of fun to think about. But then at the same time, hearing you say that it doesn't really affect you one way or the other, you're just going to do your job anyway. That's also comforting too. So I don't well, know which I mean, okay. one I'd rather have. Well, they take it to baseball. Like, so what what's going to happen with the the Strohs, man? The Astros, like right when they go back, you know, is are they going to be you know motivated to you know prove that they they can do it? I don't, you know, so well, no, maybe I hope they get stripped the of their titles and sent back to the National League where they belong. <laughs> Sick of but, them but, winning the yeah. uh, the AL West. It's ridiculous. They're in Houston. They should be in the Central, <laughs> if anything. Get out of my division. Uh, but I mean, yeah, so that maybe that's a situation that could speak to it though. Right. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely a us versus the world mentality there. I'll tell you that. We looked it up. Russell Wilson would have been the ninth quarterback to go back to back. There's been eight, uh, Bart star, Bob Greasy, Terry Bradshaw did it twice, two different times. Um, He went back to back, and then Joe Montana, Troy Aikman, John Elway, and Tom Brady. So Russell would have been the ninth quarterback to go back to back. So that would have been—I mean, you know—being mentioned on a list with Bart Starr, Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montana, Troy Aikman, John Elway, and Tom Brady. I mean, <laughs> did those guys I, all get MVPs? <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't think they got MVPs, but they're all Hall of Famers, that's for sure. I mean, well, that's, you know, I'm not going to put him in can, you know, first ballot, but he, you know, Russell's, you know, him and Bobby are right there for Hall of Fame. So, you know, a couple more just, yeah, a couple more years and, you know, they've stamped their case. Um, And hopefully it's with one more, you know, ring, right? Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Hopefully it's with two or three more. Let's do yeah, that. At least one more ring. Yeah, let me rephrase that. Yeah. I just know how right? hard those things are to get. I, I don't got one. <laughs> I know. I know. You well, you got an NFC championship one. Yeah, I gave it to my mom. That's second Did you? place. Yeah. <laughs> she would have got you the just, Super Bowl ring anyways, too. So Yeah. Yeah. You didn't want it around, huh? No. Nah. No reminders. <laughs> Well, for now, everybody, this has been the Seahawks podcast. I'm Brett Davern. That's Lofa Tatupu. We'll see you back here next week. Lofa, break us down. How about you break us down? <laughs> we're going to nail all this right. timing. All right. We're going right. to see if it's – I've been thinking about this for weeks. All right. Oh, I get my opportunity, Katie. Yeah. I've been called up here. Yeah, okay. Let's see. Like, maybe – you know what? Maybe it's not you. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm I got to do this timing. in front of Mike Holmgren and the whole team. I feel like, you know – it's my big shot. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> All right, guys, let's break it down. Bob Greasy on three. One, two, three. Bob Greasy. Gross. Where were that you? That was just what? gross. Well, I wanted to just, you know, break it down with something we talked about this episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Do it right. Come on. Here we go, Lofa. Channing Fry on three. One, two, three. Oh, Channing Fry. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm trying uh, to reference something from the Sode, man. Oh, come on, man. I believe in you. You can do this. Otherwise, we're going to continue to come do this. All right. Hawks never trade Russ on three. Ready? One, two, three. Hawks never trade Russ. Hawks never trade Russ. Boom. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.